0: I think many gym owners fail at is getting in the right frame of mind when they go to build a team and they think what they have is so great, but they're not addressing some of these big blocks that to build the foundation on before they start this relationship with everybody.
1: If your employee's vision does not fit inside of the vision that you have for your company, they're going to go find somewhere where their vision fits, or they're going to create their own vision and go off and open their own business.
2: A superstar is someone that could stand up in front of a crowd and by themselves and melt people's faces off. So they're going to be able to do a lot of things on their own.
1: What is happening people welcome to another episode of the Build Your Gym Empire podcast. You're in the right place if you are a gym owner, personal trainer, box owner, fitness brothers looking to grow your gym, grow your business in ways that you, your team, your community, the people you serve and not least importantly your bank account are going to feel absolutely awesome about. Today we're taking questions from the ether and uh it's a very good question. I like it. And uh, it's about creating opportunities for your team. So uh you, you know, we hire trainers all too often Maybe there's turnover uh, and, and you say, gosh, I've got these people that I really like. How do I create more career opportunities for trainers? Uh, option one, uh, we talked ever so briefly, literally about three seconds before actually filming the episode. Connor said, hey, you need somebody, you need a career opportunity for your trainer. Just send them to work for for him. So that's on the table for you if you'd like to just sort of refer up and out, given that that's not the answer you'd like to hear. And you'd like to create some career opportunities for your then folks you on the mark. side. Then you send yeah, them to send Mark. Send them to Mark. Okay. That's option two. And then uh, finally, option, <clears throat> options three and on. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about it. How do you guys, obviously you've created some really cool opportunities um, with your with your businesses over the years. you got folks that have been with you a long time. Uh, how are we creating opportunities for our trainers?
0: Well, I think there's. I'm, I'm going to steal it, Mark. I'm gonna no, am going to set
1: you up. I was going to set you up. No, gonna I'm going to
0: set you up. up. I'm going to set you up, Mark. I'm going to set I, you up because you know you. Just I think you it. have to have clearly defined roles, Gr.
2: That's that's first. I got it first. Clearly defined roles.
0: I'm going to back up even before that. Ooh, because nice. Because I'm going to let Connor give the simple answer, then I'm then I will go advance down the rabbit hole rather than me going. That's never happened before. Happens every episode. That's why I'm going to switch it up, Connor. Because you've had this too, and same, and same with me. So I want—I'm curious on this. I think we have to look at two different lenses. You have a trainer, and even well, our ex-client or ex-athlete been with you for a really long time. I think that's a much different, maybe, path and trajectory than someone who's you're trying to get off the street because there's that the level of trust in the relationship isn't established yet. So how would you approach? I guess either one of those, and I guess how does it differ? Like you said, clearly defined roles, but. I think in this case, how can you like, we can paint the picture. And the reason I wanted to bring this up to you and pose this to you, because it's like, we can paint the picture all we want. If they don't trust us and we're not likable, that's a different story. No one's going to want to work for us where they've known us for eight years or, you know, eight days. So kind of take that run with it. How would you, what's the difference? You know, Uh,
2: I think in micro gyms or small training, uh, small training gyms, Um, I think some of the intangibles of what makes your place, your place in terms of the culture is so important where pulling someone off the street to go work at a big box gym or a big franchise is a lot easier because it's, it's so set in a system that you can kind of just plug and play. Whereas, um, worse again, I'm just talking in my feels here. Another thing that kids say, um, is you know with how the relationship is with our team with our members and all that stuff it's obviously way easier to take a kid that's been with you for eight years and i have multiple of those because they know what we're about they know our culture they fit in very easily they're quote unquote one of us um to where we can teach them the x's and o's of coaching and it makes it super simple um now as as we're expanding and scaling um that's not the that's not even nearly i was going to say possible at uh, a lot of the times but it's not it's it's completely impossible to do, do that so now we have to like i was saying have clearly defined roles and criteria for what is success you know so if we're pulling someone and just interviewing people off the street um whether they're from other gyms or just a college grad or just getting started or whatever we have to have clearly defined roles of what success looks like and how long success is going to take that's something that i've quickly realized is that when you're in one location success happens for let's just say a trainer like getting it and doing you know what you want them to do happens a lot quicker as you're expanding and you're getting wider it just takes longer for it to to get success um so clearly defined roles uh, and clearly define timeline for what success looks like. Does that answer that, Mark?
0: Yeah, it was pretty open-ended. So, you know, in this one, like, unlike most things in life, like, you're not going to get this one wrong. So that was a good one. That was a good one. But yeah. the reason I wanted to bring that up, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, interesting.
1: We had nice hey, to we're each other. talking
0: about, hey, we're talking about hiring, we're talking about opportunities, like, the gloves are off, because this is this is everything. And the um, reason I wanted to bring that up, too, is because anytime you're hiring somebody, like, and then onboarding them like there's no opportunity if we botch this whole situation. But you get one chance for a good first impression. You get one chance to onboard somebody this successful way. Um, and yes, having clearly defined roles and a good onboarding process definitely helps. That it's definitely a requirement. If we go into these the the start of a relationship and we are not, you know, or maybe you're a little jaded by the last person that dumped you, which is exactly what kind of how you feel sometimes, especially the first couple times it happens to you right and we're jaded on it and we don't think anybody wants to work or we think everything is what we do is so much better and kind of sit on our pedestal a little bit like you're not going to create an opportunity for somebody it's going to leave you more frustrated so this is a huge skill i think many gym owners fail at is getting in the right frame of mind when they go to build a team and they think they're what they have is so great but they're not addressing some of these some of these big blocks that to build the foundation on before they start this relationship with everybody um and I think that's like, if I want to look under the hood at many different people and Jim Moores I talk with and they, they say, I don't know, like I'm trying to elevate them. And, you know, they didn't, and that's the third person that fell off and like I had to get rid of. And it's like, they're all kind of happening at the same, same spot in their career and really that's just limitation on the owner um, and not setting the scene appropriately while they have that person under their, under their tutelage, right. As they're developing and molding them for this that's the roadblock in the owner. So I think that's something that we have to kind of really look inward at. And do we even have what it, do we even have the path ourselves defined of where we're trying to lead them um, first and foremost? And I'm not talking about like a 10 year vision, even though that does help, Um, you know, you don't have to have it specifically defined, but people want it to be, you know, they don't want to be stuck behind a parked car. Right. So they want to be moving. They want to be knowing opportunity presents themselves, Um, That's why growth is the best thing ever because people want to be growing. They want to know how they can be a part of that. Um, Very few people there. I would say very few, a player type team members are going to be just like, Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Like, and stay there, especially when our demographic of our trainers is typically somebody probably in their twenties, just getting started. Like no one's if they're set at 25 years old and they're just good. Then that's somebody. i somebody I want on my team anyways. So, um, it's incredibly to, I know I'm saying a lot of stuff, throwing a lot of stuff out here, but I think starting that initial, um, relationship, but also having the right from mine as an owner, like we have to know what these opportunities are going to be. And yeah, starting off that on the right foot with the clearly defined roles is the one, a few areas that we need to address first.
1: See, cause this is, this is an interesting one for me. Like, I, I don't want to say completely outside looking in is obviously I spent a lot of time sort of in the industry and, and talk to these gym owners now every single day but but one of the one of my answers to the questions oh how do I create how do I create career opportunities for my trainers I think it's okay not to (laughs) like I don't think every single person on your team needs to have this incredible amazing essential plan I think there's room on most squads and you guys can correct me if, if if I'm wrong but I think there is room on most squads for just like good soldiers you know, like good role players that are going to be good trainers and they're going to show up on time. And at some point, right, realistically, odds are pretty good that they're not going to be okay making whatever it is, right, for for the rest of their lives. But, you know, it's okay to have just good role players and to have a good, solid position. A lot of folks that I talk to they have this. Um, they've got a bit of an inferiority, a bit of an inferiority complex, where they feel like, oh my gosh, if I can't pay this person a hundred grand a year, there's no way they're going to stay with me for the next six months. And I think that's just not true. I think we we sort of underestimate the amount of crazy people in the industry and how psychotic other work environments can be when we are not. Completely psychotic as owners when we're not just fucking yelling at everyone every single second and making them feel like shit every single second of every single day. Um, so I think there's there's room to be okay, right, with just having role players. And then because uh, I I've seen a lot of situations where you lose a great trainer by promoting them into being a salesperson. Right, you lose a great trainer. By promoting them into a management role, particularly, I think with with some of what you both have said, where you where you haven't set clear expectations on what the journey is going to look like, and so like one piece of advice: if you don't have everything figured out, if you don't have super clearly defined roles, if it's not a clear system where like, all right, so this is the trainer role, this is how you move into a director of training role at a given facility and this is how you move into a facility manager role what have you if you don't have that already you're just starting off or it's your first couple hires my recommendation if you have somebody that's really good on your team and you're attempting to give them some more opportunity to make some extra money is to have an honest conversation that you don't have it all fucking figured out right okay here's the deal i know you want to make more money i know we're trying to create more opportunity for you and we think the sales things thing might be something that you're interested in or management whatever insert thing here Right. insert an additional piece here here's the deal mark uh, i value you as a trainer i value our relationship a hell of a lot more than i value you doing some lead follow up for me and so if this sales thing doesn't work out i need us both to know that that's okay and that you don't feel like you've got to quit because you hate following up with leads right are we are we good with that and then they say yeah totally cool maybe we test it out and and move into it. Right. I think there's room for having honest conversations if you don't have it all figured out. However, that said, what, so Connor, you said have clearly defined roles. Uh, what are your, like, how do you personally create that clarity at flex? Like, what does that look like? Or what's what? What question should I be asking right now to bring more clarity? Uh, I guess like, Hey, if, if you're a
2: single location and you're bringing on trainers, right um you know how where do they go okay i'm i'm a trainer okay so where do i go from there how do i earn more money how do i earn more responsibility how do i earn your trust to do additional things to actually make this a career and not kind of a one year and done type thing um mark i know he he can go into a lot of things that he has set up where there's different levels and tiers of each position so that as they take on more responsibility or earn more experience, um, <clears throat> uh, earn certain certifications and you know things like that where they can earn more um, and move up as each tier goes up. Um, so there's certain things like that, but I also like it all going to go back to the owner and what you are doing personally and leveling up yourself to actually continue to make progress and do additional things that allow you to move people up in um, in your company. Like if you just have one location and you're completely good with that, it's probably not super necessary to build these things out to have like, hey, this is the trajectory that you can get to in this one location because don't lie to yourself, there's only so much you can do in one location. Um, So that's kind of definitely been a differentiator for us as we are hiring new trainers and new people is because we are, we do have a trajectory where we're trying to scale right now. So um, we're able as like a selling point to these trainers that we're hiring. It's like, hey, you're going to come in at this, you know, full-time trainer, and then there's room for growth and room for opportunity because here's what we have next for you um, after a certain point. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's where you are as the, as the owner, like, what are your plans for growth? Because now we can start building out positions, building out roles to help you um, reach that growth, but also ultimately move people, either uh, level them up internally within your company or hire other people
1: outside of your company for those roles. I think that's a super important note and something that we see with folks, uh, in our universe is that they want to grow, they want to build careers and things like that. But the vision, what's the, uh, what's the quote? I think it's a lynchione thing, right? Like the, uh, if your vision, it, if your employee's vision does not fit inside of the vision that you have for your company they're going to go find somewhere where their vision fits, right? Or they're going to create their own vision and go off and open their own business. And and I think a lot of that comes back, as you said, to the owner, what are you doing personally? Do they believe in you as a leader and a captain of the ship, or do they feel like they're jumping on a ship that's probably going to sink? And this is just sort of the boat that they're on for now. And as soon as they see something that seems a little bit more stable, they're going to jump to it. Right. And that comes down to believing in you listener as the leader of the company. And uh, and creating a vision, and then I guess evidence that you're actually moving towards the vision, right? Because we can all say like, oh, "I'm gonna grow a billion dollar company." Like, well, dude, if you're not, you know, following up with leads, or the or the gym's been failing for the last four years, and and there's literally no money to to whatever, like, pay for a gym management software or whatever, like they're not going to believe in whatever vision you're saying. You can say it all you want, but there's no belief there and they're going to jump as soon as they can. And so I think leveling up individually and leveling up what you're doing in the business is deeply important. It's probably a prerequisite to creating true, like long-term, real career opportunities um, uh, for trainers. Mark, anything on that? And then I'd love like after the the basic principle stuff, I'd love to dive into what you guys, because you both have similar things, like similar commonalities. You both have clearly deeply successful uh, businesses. And you've now created a situation where when you say, Hey, I'm going to open my fifth, sixth, seventh location in the next two years, there's belief there. Cause like you've done this already a handful of times and, and you can point to trainers in your systems that are now facility managers or marketing manager, like whatever it is, right. Like higher level roles. You obviously have that sort of component to it. So Mark, anything else on the, on the I guess foundation side before we get into the specifics of how you guys do it.
0: Totally, and the foundation side. What I like to do now, again, born out of a deficit of just screwing this up lots and lots of times. And again, I'm on my I think 400 hours in in 20 in this year of hiring. Um, that's not an exaggeration. So I'm a completely different, completely transformed. Was one of the best areas that I've been able to grow and as a leader, and test some things, but also really on a, as a communicator. Um, and not just, if a, a business is growing and has certain demands and needs, so you have to assess that as well. But talking to the trainer in general, I'm not talking about your first one. Technically, maybe you probably have a. This is better, probably better suited for multiple, um, and have a little more direction. If you have multiple, a couple, a couple of multiple staff members, and you know, a little more, a little more defined. But like, it's more just like, hey, what's your expectations, right? You know, in the hiring process now, like, what do you expect to do this? Where if somebody's just fresh out of maybe their of college. Very interesting on what they expect based off of what they've seen. If someone's been in the industry a few years, their expectations are usually more, more realistic to, as well. Um, but I want to know what they are expecting, right? And so I could simply say, we'd enter you at this role. If you're expecting that, That this is, what we are, this is what we're able to do, you know, because at that role, you need to coach X many hours. You need to do it. This is your schedule. Um, and if we can align on that, then we're off on the right foot. So great story. One kid, okay, we train athletes and adults. It's like, I want to train athletes. All right, well, what's your expected schedule going to be? Well, I know 6 a.m. to 2, you know, and I'm like, you realize athletes train at start at like three o'clock, 3.30, right? And like the look on his face was just like, all right, well, I guess we're done. You know, like <laughs> it's, but it, again, I would never have known that if I didn't ask. I would just start assuming yeah. that like, we understand each other on this. And all right, what's your expected like? Hey, maybe not right now, but in five years, what are you expecting to make? What's your career directory tra- trajectory? So that's not just thinking if it aligns with us, but I also want to know like, is that doable for us? How hungry are they? Do they have they put any thought into their career at all? Um, as well, so there's many different questions that are aligned with in the hiring process that so you can definitely define this. Um, but really, just setting those expectations, I think, is is super important. Um, so you get off on the right foot for the opportunities. And then you really have to know your business and know your roles and what's required um, on our job descriptions. People always wanted me to share it. And I'm like, I'm not sharing it with you because one of the best things I ever did was sit in a room either by myself, definitely, but also with one or two key people and define what these roles are and talk through it and get so much better by doing that. Um, so for now example, if someone wants to be a level one coach for us, And just to allow them to be part-time, full-time, what are those requirements, right? I want to coach a little bit, like, but can you coach 20 hours? Well, no, I don't want to coach any mornings. Well, then you have to work with this demographic and these hours, and this is what we're able to fit. So just by the metrics alone, this is probably not a good fit, right? Or, hey, I'm open to doing this and this, right? Um, I want to work full-time. Well, you have no other skills developed yet. You're primarily a coach for you to work full-time as a coach, we need you to do, you know, 10 hours of this and you got to coach 30 hours to coach 30 hours. Are you able to work three split shifts? Yeah, I can do that. Great. Well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Like I don't expect you to do that very often, but this is the next skill level that I want you to develop this is the next level for us. We know what skills to work on, but it could be six to nine months of us working on this. So I don't want this, like the schedule could beat you up. That's common. I understand it. It's not forever thing. Are you willing to do that right now? And then you can figure out from there where they want to take that. But being able to have that sense of clarity of like, this is what it's going to be. Are you good? And having that level of certainty, I think they're good with that. Sometimes I think going like the rabbit hole of scheduling, I think people are like, this is going to be like this forever. It's like, well, not if you learn, you're doing this now because we want you here. It's actually a good thing. I want you here more often. Coaching more sessions allows you to understand our avatar even better, understand our business even better, get more reps on your coaching belt, you become a better trainer. We can pay you more. You can have other responsibilities, but if you don't go through that trainer type boot camp, at least in my world, I love that. Like you got to get some reps as a coach, right? And that sets the stage for everything else. But if you're unwilling to do that, or you physically can't do that, then I understand, but this is probably not going to be the fit for you long-term. So I know that's a lot spewing out right there, but it's such a value, valuable piece for owners to wrap their minds around.
2: Mark, could you, could you expand on that?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, GR,
2: so your next question was going to be like, hey, what what are we doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark and I have talked about this quite a bit. When I look at it, as, is I look at it as we, on our team, we want superstars and we want rock stars. A superstar is someone that could stand up in front of a crowd and by themselves and melt people's faces off so they're going to be able to do a lot of things on their own um they're going to be able to train people like deliver like world not world-class session but like unbelievable session to our standard they're probably going to be able to sell people they're going to be able to hold relationships to retain people and they're going to be doing able to do some of the back-end work to be able to maintain a lot of the stuff that a, a lot of the moving parts so those are our superstars so a lot of time those are are what we call. Phys- I have I've had a cough for three freaking weeks. <laughs> Cut that one out.
1: <laughs> Cheers! What incredible production! <laughs> what incredible um, yeah. So
2: those are those are going to be our facility. What we call facility leaders. Right. So they're going to be able to effectively like they need to be able to sustain a business and grow a business. Right. Then we have our rock stars. A rock star is still a great team member. They're they're the they're the lead guitarist. They're not going to be able to stand up there necessarily by themselves and melt people's faces off, but they're still a huge valued member of the band. Right. They still have their role and they could they could excel in their given role. Those are our trainers, our full-time trainers. So we have at our flex locations, we have a facility leader, which is the head of the show. He's driving everything. Then we have our full-time trainer, which his main, I'm sorry, their main responsibility is to deliver great sessions. So they have a very clearly defined role and we allow them to be very specific in that role and focus on that role and to like excel in it. Now we have some other roles like administrative roles. And all that all that stuff. But I'm pretty sure that most people are going to be like really focused on like, hey, what how do I get a trainer that's been with me for a year? Where can I take them? Where can I go? Again, a lot of it is going to be based on the owner's vision and the owner's ability to level him him or herself up. If you I remember um GR, I actually just saw a reel of you talking, I think it was in South Carolina, talking mm-hmm. about. Um, the owner probably not being the person that they need to be to be able to go to that next level. Um, I don't know who says it. It's the law of the lid or law of the ceiling, right? Sullivan, law of the lid. Law of the lid. Um, the the business is only going to go as far as the owner's psychology. So if your current level of psychology, uh, even like leadership skills, anything like that, is you're always going to be the bottleneck of your business. So number one, level yourself up personally and then have clearly defined roles where you can fit people in to allow you to continue to uh, grow your business. I just conclusion. Point
1: conclusion. dot. Conclusion. Done. done. Conclusion. So so just to, to, to recap what you do. So you essentially have you've got the part-time trainers, they can up level. <clears throat> It's gonna be contagious. We're all contagious via Zoom, evidently, this week. Sorry, like listeners, if you get sick, like fuck us, right? Um, so you've got your part-time trainers, they have a level of ascension to potentially become full-time trainers. Those full-time trainers, your rock stars in this case, have the opportunity to basically if they have like superstar qualities to eventually maybe move into some sales and management and kind of grow a facility on their own and the vision for them, if they do have like bigger career aspirations in the industry, because it's okay. In my opinion, if folks just want to be a trainer for a while, fuck man, just be a great trainer for a while. Like that's awesome. You know, that's fantastic. But uh, if they do have bigger aspirations, they can see at flex that, Hey, I can become a facility leader. And I know that we're opening these, you know, a couple a year or whatever as the new trajectory. And and that's a fun, exciting thing for me as a trainer that may want to eventually become a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nailed it. Cool. Mark, what's what's yours look like? Similar deal, different? I yeah, know you'll so have
0: similar, a little bit bigger on site teams just because of our athletes and adults' business structure. The I wrestled with this a lot and then I really had to define it when I started to hand off some of the. I don't say hand off. I didn't hand off the hiring. I had other people helping with hiring and other people helping me manage our staff. All right. Um, we're up to, I think we're at 30 employees right now on payroll. So there's a lot across four locations. So there's a lot of moving parts on the personnel front. So, um, and this is a good point to think about as an, as a, I had, I had to raise my raise, raise my psychology, raise my skill set for sure. and, objectively trying to figure out, all right, they're all, well, these guys are trainers, right? Well, it's like well, that guy's been here for eight, nine years. And this guy has been here for nine days. How do you dictate, you know, objectively what role they're at, what level they're at. And so kind of using that as our filter, we built out these different levels at every really role we have. um Even as a general manager level, like, Hey, this, this one is a level one. This one's a level three. This is the difference this is what we're shooting for um which dictates kind of our not only the the role itself right doing some different skill level things um but also our compensation and what's the next tier and what has to be required of that how did that nine-year coach become a level three coach what did he have to do actually we have five levels for our coaches um three levels for our coordinators and our managers but just because if somebody wanted to coach
1: Just because if somebody wanted to coach, we're going to hold the thought. Uh, somewhere they, the...
0: I, I, I don't mind this guy. No, you're still. All right. I got you. Am I back? I'm back.
1: Yeah, you're back. You're back. back. Just, just in uh, case somebody just wanted to coach. Well, so just
0: in case if somebody really wanted to coach forever and they just say, I want to coach 30 sessions, I'm good on the schedule. Great. What is that trajectory for them? And how like how can I provide them a really full-time, really, like I want to say above market livable wage? if they know that the expectation is I didn't have that on paper for them and what would they have to do to achieve it? I wouldn't do that just because they wanted it. They'd still have to continue to get better. So again, one of our core values is live a complacency kills lifestyle. So basically a lot of growth mindset stuff in there are now our hiring and our trajectory for our careers. One of our core values is live a complacency kills lifestyle, which basically means to have a growth mindset. So in our structure, we built out our hierarchy of career opportunity in our trajectory is basically if you, if you want to level up, then we have to level up some different skill sets as well. So that expectation is constantly set every review, every quarterly conversation, whatever we want to do, we know what that next phase is. Right. And if we keep following that path, eventually it's going to get to where we want to go. We can paint the picture a little bit more. Cause again, you ask the trainer what they really want, you know, they're not sure what they could ask for. They're also, again, usually a little bit younger in their experience. The minute I have know how to have these conversations, So by giving them some not legitimate, like actual visuals, but also painting that picture with as much detail as possible um, and walking them through that, not only builds trust, but also knows where we're going um, and allows us to, to hit that and develop our business around those roles and levels and set those expectations. So even you as an owner doesn't have to be involved in every single conversation. You're just following the system now. And that's something we've been able to do and still tweaking, still evolving as we grow. Um, but it's been working really well, um, just cause of the amount of clarity that it provides.
1: So how often are you guys having these Ascension conversations with your team members?
0: Officially quarterly, but our GMs are talking about it constantly. Um, and it's a constant cause we're very highly growth oriented. So it's set in stone repeatable. Hey, if we're not, we're not going to, you know, just stay the same. Um, and again, it's could be like they could say the same again, level wise, compensation wise, but they're doing things to build on to that next phase, right? We don't want to we don't want to force them into enroll too soon, similar to what you were talking about earlier. Um, sometimes they just need a little more experience under their belt, a little more time, little to build some of that confidence to have that. And that's but that that's a conversation too. Hey, you know what? You did done really well. I think we need to cement some of these skills. Um Let's talk about it next month, or ne- or next quarter, or whatever it is, depending on the situation. But it has to be constant, right? Um, and I think that's that's a big thing that Jim orders get. Is we're wearing mini hats, right? And we lose sight of that. Oh, that guy's good. He's good. He's he's good. He likes what he does. But we don't have the system of communication in place to kind of check in on him and make sure we're we're nurturing the way we want, um, giving it the focus that that person deserves. Um, or we hand it off to somebody else and we think it's good because we think that we've trained them on how to converse about some of this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's constant. And again, working with anybody, but especially in the trainer world, like things happen in their lives fast and, you know, Hey, I just talked about this three months ago. Now you're saying this, you know, hence why you need to document this stuff, but also like need to know how much your, your parameters and your system can change and, um, you got to know where it's like, well, that's not going to work here. And this is what the, this is what we're going to do about it. Or if you want that, then let me know what I can do to help you make that transition, but it's not going to be here. Um, and I think having the confidence in your system and it allows you to have that when, you, if you only have two trainers and you're going to take some, take some guts to be able to say that. Right. Cause you know, nothing, nothing will derail growth, like some personnel issues in a relationship business like we have. So um, it's, it's a tough road to get there, but I think some of these tips can really help us set, set a good foundation.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's become a part of our culture, you know, growth and improve every day is, is our big core values of ours. Um, it's obviously very out in the open with our trainers and our staff and pretty much everyone that we're growing and scaling. So, um, it's talked about very, very consistently, um, in most meetings, um, but if we're having one-on-one conversations um I think quarterly can be done. I think that's probably a little bit too much um I think at least annually we're just <laughs> Jesus this dude this is off the rails. Um, I think I I think at least annually, And I think you need to let them know it. So that could be a part of their, uh, this is a little off topic, but that could be a part of their annual review or tell them, let them know that, Hey, this is when we're going to talk about growth opportunities, talk about raises bumps or whatever you want to call them um, at this time of the year. And it's going to be that one time that we're going to do it. Cause that just really sets the expectation of what, what that's conversation is going to look like and when it's going to happen. Just, I think uh, one of the parts of, as you know, people continue to grow and mature in business, um, the, uh, the unknown and the stories that trainers are telling themselves. And, you know, we talk a lot about pillow talk and when trainers have significant others and get married and all that other stuff of, Hey, you know, you've been there for X amount of years. You're only making this and all that's, all that talk starts happening. It's really important to you control the narrative of hey, this is when we talk about this, and this is how we're going to talk about this. Um, to have one set time per year of when those conversations, those sit down one-on-one, serious conversations are happening.
1: I like it real, real quick because we're running out of time here. Uh, biggest mistakes and regrets in terms of potentially promoting folks. I, I, I think of like all right, there's a limit to how much you're going to pay somebody to administer a session. Right? So like, there's a point like you're not going to pay a trainer $100 an hour to run a, you know, whatever, a a group session, most likely, I would, I would maybe an unfair assumption, but I would probably assume that's probably somewhat fair. Um, What are the big (laughs) mistakes or lessons or guardrails you might put on somebody in five minutes or less some wisdom you might impart about somebody to, uh, unto somebody kid, Jesus Christ is his fucking off the rails. Some wisdom that you would share with somebody who's considering, Hey, I want to create more career opportunities for my trainers.
0: Well, because we, our own ambition as a leader and Hey, I want to take care of my people. Like it comes from a good place, but you gotta be objective about this where it's like, I can't just give a, a raise or a promotion just because I, just because I like them, you know, like, so like giving an unearned raise or un, unearned promotion, that's that that's gonna bite you because it's setting the wrong precedent. Um, and number one, like number and the or I should say number two is that you're giving them like it should be clearly defined what the next level looks like. Um, and it should come with more responsibility and shared stress, is what we like like to say now. It, it is...
1: Lord and Mercy, Connor. It, I like to say
0: now. It, it can't just be. There you go. More money, just because you know.
1: Godly. You got. You, I think you got the thought out. I think you got the thought out, Connor. Any uh, closing words of wisdom? Big mistakes. Right, do you want? Uh, do you want me to go, or you want to finish, Mark? I feel what? like he got it out. Is it's not? It can't just be all about money and giving things like because you feel.
0: Good, earn yeah putting people um, on putting people in the wrong position just yeah. because we because the business needs it not but but it doesn't fit their skill set would that be a convenient convenient
1: yeah that'd be convenient over correct is what it would be yeah
2: throw throw back to a previous episode there Maybe um no, shall not extreme ownership right I think my biggest mistakes have been because of me um and my onboarding and not setting good expectations to put people in a good position for success. Um, so, usually, when it has gone not, I, I should say, when it has gone bad, has been 100% because of me. And um, we have vastly improved and streamlined what that looks like. Um, and then the only other thing I think uh, has been. Um, A learning experience for me is when you're just starting out and you're growing a little bit, everything is so generalized, right? Everyone has dual roles. Everyone does a little bit of everything. Everyone picks up slack as you are getting to multiple, multiple, multiple locations. I think everything just needs very, needs to be very specific and focused. So people have a very specific role and they do this one thing and they do it really well. So Early on, everything is so generalized. Everyone's a generalist. And then as you get um, bigger, everything needs to become more of a specialist. And I think um, if you can understand that and not have to go through those uh, learning curves and growing pains yourself, and just take my word for it, um, it will save you a lot of payroll because you'll have someone that just keeps kind of elevating, elevating, elevating. And then they get to this role and they probably should not be in it. It's like a glorified role. And it's taking up a lot of your payroll. So as you get bigger, it's going to become more specialized.
1: Nice. I like it. Words of wisdom. I think you can follow that all over the place and see the patterns and in, in all sorts of different areas, right? Like in high school, the quarterback might be the punter and the safety and the fucking field goal kicker and the receiver and specialist situations, whatever else. And as you get further and further, you know, it more and more advanced, what happens? Like you have specialists at every position in the NFL. So, That's uh, a good point. Uh, yeah, little little parallel, little parallel fun there. Um, my my biggest mistakes, because we're just going to make this one one long episode and not try to squeeze in another one. Um, I, I'm Ira Connor. So when I elevated folks in a given situations, I think I I did not necessarily have guardrails and leadership and systems and listen to the last episode scoreboards in place to really make sure that that individual was ready for the role. And uh, it basically, you know, it really kind of derailed um, that business. Right. So you need to make sure that you have mechanisms for holding these elevated roles accountable so that you know what you're expecting from the team member the team member knows what you're expecting from them and you know if it doesn't happen you have some some sort of recourse i guess uh for that the other thing i would say is make sure you're having honest conversations if you don't have all your shit together with all this have honest conversations before you elevate folks um make sure you have sort of an out uh if I'd be careful about turning great folks in role, great lead guitarists that are fucking tone deaf and try to turn them into lead singers. So if you've got a trainer who's a fantastic trainer, be careful. Like they may not be a great social media person. They may not be a great marketing mind. They may not be a great salesperson and that may be okay. Or a great manager and that may be okay. So you need to look out for the skill sets and try to match the skill sets and core competencies to the uh, role that you're elevating the person to. But realistically, you guys are going to have to when I say you guys, I mean, you dear listener are going to have to learn and grow and deal with different things. I don't think there's always necessarily a clear cut answer to these when you're starting off. Uh, if you'd like more feedback on it, let us know, probably tie in some specific Q and a to another episode at some point, but that's all we have for this week. Love hugs. See you in the next episode.